They told me for years there was no money in podcasting. Well, they were all wrong. This is an ambiguous podcast solutions original podcast. A podcast years in the making. Centered around You're listening to Talking with Tarashuk. With your host and founder of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, Will Tarashuk. Join Will and his guests as they talk about anything and everything under the sun. Now, without further ado... Let's do Always. this. Yes, I know I have gray hair. All right, everybody, welcome back to another fun-filled episode of the Talking with Tarashuk podcast. My name is Will Tarashuk. It's T as in Thomas A R A S H U K. And today, my guest needs no introduction. But hey, it's my podcast, so I'm gonna do it anyway. My next guest works in real estate. She also has her own podcast, Talking Toastmasters with Angela Nuss, as well as she is my cousin and. My godmother. So another addition to the Friends and Family Podcast playlist is coming right here. Angela, hello, my friends. How are you, cousin? Good to see you. Hello, favorite godson. Favorite godson, only godson. <laughs> that's the joke. So that's that's the joke. Yeah, I, lo- I love that joke. Favorite and only godson. So yeah. um, how are you? It's You know, we talked about this, I think, back in December, but your schedule can get so crazy. It's kind of hard to get a hold of you sometimes. So I'm well, glad we finally put this together. Yeah, I am too. I'm glad it worked out. So what's up? How, how have you been? Um, it is President's Day, our day off. So what better to do with our day off than uh, working? So Well, it might be your day off, but I have worked four, hour, four and a half hours already today. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, it's going well. I, uh, I just, I'm living the dream, quite frankly. Well, that, that's, that's glad to hear. So let's just kind of kick off, you know, introduce yourself, who you are, um, your relationship with me, your favorite godson. So yes, kind of introduce yourself to the world. Sure. So actually, this one my polka dot sisters will appreciate. My name is Angela Nuss. I am a lifelong resident of the town of Braintree, Mass, in good old USA, birthplace of two presidents and the father of West Point. Yes, birthplace of two presidents. Uh, uh, Let's see. Mm. The other portion I I like to say is I am happily single, Child-free, pet-free, self-employed condo owner, Disney lover, footloose and fancy-free. Well, I'm podcast host and commercial real estate broker to that introduction as well now. Excellent. That's yeah, the start of it. It's, it's, it's a laundry list. It's kind of a weird question asking someone to introduce themselves. Uh, it's always something I struggle with as well. But, yeah, you pretty much hit all the, hit all the big talking points. But uh, as, as we said, you are my godmother. Um, yes. So I never got this story. Like how I know I don't like. I was born in '95, so you were what? You were middle school, 1995. Thank you. You're so kind. Legit, I was a junior in high school. Junior in high school, I was close. Sixteen and a half. So you were sixteen. Um, I was born. My brother. I got to, got to go with my brother. Got my brother Tay Tay. Oh wait, um, was I seventeen? I his, turned seventeen that year. Yeah. Okay, his go godparents are Uncle Phil and Aunt Carol, who is your mother. Um, so how did you get? asked to be my godmother well traditionally you ask like your siblings so the parents would ask their siblings well as you know our moms are each other's siblings and i actually got confirmed right off right before you were born so i had just gotten confirmed the prior year Hmm. so i was eligible to become a godmother so your parents i guess asked me to become your godmother and i said yes that's all I recall, and I'm kind of guessing here at part of it. <laughs> so I, I didn't know there were actual requirements to be a godparent. Yeah, be- is, is godparent, that's, that's part of the church? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I know, obviously, the, the, yeah. the baptism is part of, you know, you get, that's the whole, like, uh, removing first sin and Adam and Eve and all that kind of fun stuff with baptism. But I didn't realize godparent was actually had something to do with the church. You had to go through confirmation to become a godparent. Yes. Hmm. That's about all I talk about with regards to church, by the way. But we can keep going a little bit if you want. But is it also legally? Like, is godparent a legal term? Or is it I just, don't think or is so. this, or just a religious thing? I know it's godparents, it's huge in Italian culture, which obviously we are very Italian. True. Our moms are Italian. Um, I think, I don't think it's legal. Um, I think it's more of a Catholic religion type thing. Mm. Yeah, because not everybody has godparents. So that makes sense. 
Well, you and actually the function of the godparent kind of is like to help guide you in Christian life and in life in general. So I think that's what it is. Don't quote me on any of that, even though it's being recorded. <laughs> that's that sounds right. Because to me, godparent was always like, you know, if something happens to the parents, you know, like God, God forbid mom passed away for whatever reason when I was like four, you would be there. Right. Or, in the, or if dad passed away, Uncle Mike would be there. Who's my godparent. It's actually cousin Michael's father. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's always interesting. It's always interesting, godparents. I think, you know, who are my godparents going to be? Obviously, my brother. Um, but godmother, God, who knows? I don't have, I don't have, there's not many girls in the family. True. That gives me more, more that gives you less options. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Moves me up on the list, right? So we, we shall see. Who knows, Andrew? Maybe you'll be a two time godmother. Oh, wow. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, godmother, it's like, I think it's something you're the most proud of. Being, that I'm the most proud of? Yeah, being my godmother. You Because anytime you mention me, anytime you, anytime you talk about me, it's always cousin slash godson or godson slash cousin. It's neither <laughs> one nor the other. It's always, you always got a lump in godson in there. So like, what is that? Because you don't, like you said, you don't have kids of your own. Happily single, which, you know, good, good for you. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> but like, what, what, is it, what does it mean for you to be a godmother? Um... It's a privilege and an honor, actually, because it just helps basically, oh my God, I'm just tripping over my words today. Basically, it is an honor and it just brings us a little bit closer. Mm. And I just try to be, you know, that gold standards, quote unquote, of being a good good example for you. It is a bond. It's it's definitely a bond. And I guess, yeah, you do. You do set an example. No, you are. You are happily single. I am very happily uh, in a relationship. I am happily legally single. Um, <laughs> legally single is a term meaning I am not married under the eyes of the law, but I am very much in a committed relationship. But um, you know, I see the way you go through life, and it's just, mm-hmm. it's not like I don't mean this is a bad way, but it's kind of like the opposite of from like my my always life goals. I've always wanted to be a dad. You know, I've always wanted to be mm-hmm. married. That's been my goal since forever. So it is interesting to kind of see you work your way through life. Um, being happily single, you know, you don't have all this responsibility. You just have me as a godchild. Mm-hmm. So what, what, why, why choose, why choose a single life? Well, it's funny you mentioned that and that you said, you know, you've always wanted, you've always known you want to become a dad and all that. So here's the thing. We were raised to like grow up, get a full-time job, get married and have kids right? Mm-hmm. That's like the societal norm. No one ever said you don't have to take that path. So it was just an assumed thing in my mind. And you know what happens when you assume you make an A, you know what, out of you and me. So um, I was in college. I don't know if it was my freshman year or my sophomore year, but a couple of my friend, a few of my friends around me were talking about babies or got pregnant or whatnot or had, had a kid. And I just was like, I'm feeling nothing. I got nothing going on. No, no feelings about it. I didn't even like to change diapers. Um, when I babysat, I was like, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> um, so I'm in the shower one day and I do a lot of great thinking, like when I'm in the shower or out in nature, like around water or in nature. And I was like, I don't want kids. I don't want them. I don't need to have kids. There's plenty of kids around me and my family. We have a big family. I got my dad's one of five and well, mom's one of two, but you know, I have a lot of cousins and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, after that, I told mom and dad, I said, um, by the way, I don't think I want to have kids or I don't want to have kids. I forget the exact statement. They just looked back at me blankly. And I was like, okay, I guess it registered. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sorry, it's all on Michael now. I'm not having any kids of my own. So, yeah. Well, I mean, that's fine. You know, not everyone needs to have kids. Right? You know, it is, like you said, the societal norm, the societal pressures of society. But, you know, not everyone's fit to have kids. My friend just got married. Not, yeah. um, not everyone's meant to either. Yeah. Like, not just fit, but meant to. Like, not everyone's meant to have kids. Not everyone's meant to get married. Some people get uh-huh. married and don't want to have kids. And my friend just got married uh, actually two weeks after my brother. Um, so I was up for his wedding, you know, the question gets asked, you guys can have kids when you got kids and they go, we don't think we want kids. And to me, I was kind of like, huh, getting married, but not having kids. It's almost like a, what's the point? But then I was kind of, after five seconds, I was like, Hey, Will, it's their life, you know, buzz off. So, 
people people do it differently. Everyone has their own way of doing life. And Andrew, you have a very unique way of doing life. Um, Thank you. You do. You own your condo. Right? I do. So you paid off the mortgage, all that fun stuff. It's a hundred percent yours. Not quite. I'm almost, almost there. there. Getting there. I got my goals chart on the wall. My mortgage payoff chart and all the goals. But I own over two thirds of it, roughly. Okay. Yeah. It's a good head start. Uh, so on my podcast with Michael, I talked yes. about how he is a summit boy. He loves he loves summit. He is never gonna leave New Jersey, <laughs> New Jersey. He is born and bred and staying to stay there. You are the same thing as Michael on the flip side of the family. Born bred Braintree, never leaving Braintree. I heard a story you turned down a job to work for the Red Sox and the groundskeeping crew like years and years and years ago because you didn't want to commute into Boston because you didn't want to leave Braintree. <laughs> well, not quite true. All right. So clear, first off, clearly air on that and then talk to me about Braintree, Massachusetts. So, you know, I love the Red Sox. I'm a diehard Red yes. Sox fan. It's like you and your brother and your dad are diehard Yankees fans, which it's a great thing in our family. Don't get me it's wrong. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's, it is. It's, it's a lot less hostile because dad's side of the family, they're all Met fans. Well, at least a lot of them are Mets fans and Uncle Chris is a Yankees fan, but that's a little more hostile. You and, yeah. like, you and, you and, you and Uncle Jane and Carol is just kind of like, yeah, it's fun, right? We just have yeah. to remember on each other. Exactly, exactly. So one of my former bosses said, well, my cousin or my brother or some family member works for the grounds crew and I could probably get you a job. Well, I'm a former softball pitcher. One of my coaches always wanted me to have more upper body strength. And I was like, with my back and my lack of upper body strength, I don't know if I could be a groundskeeper unless I was just doing the raking. Mm. So I was like, I don't know. It's hard to get into the city with my motion sickness and all that. I'd have to drive in and park and, you know, I don't know. I just, it just wasn't right for me. I think I'd rather go to the games and not know the behind the scenes. I think it might ruin the experience for me, quite frankly. I don't know. Mm. You know what? That's fair. That's Thanks. Fair. No, some, some people don't like, some people don't want to work in show business. Just like at Disney, like you can do the, you can do like the, t the keys to the kingdom tour. And I'm like, do I want to, do I want to know what goes on behind the scenes? Do I want to, I know there's like certain things there. I don't want to ruin it for anybody who's a Disney fan. Like there's certain things like, I'm like, that would be kind of cool to see, but like, I don't want to go on a ride with all the lights on. I'm like, that would ruin the whole experience. Yeah, well, it's kind of saying people like to assume that I would love a job in WWE. Like, I bet you would love to be, be on the road and do this, that, and the other. I'm like, no, actually, not not interested. I'm happy. I'm happy being a fan. Um, yeah. Actually, someone a few years ago, it was probably November or December, maybe January 2020, that someone from like on LinkedIn reached out to me. It was like, hey, we have a position open at WWE. Like, would you be interested? And I was like, ooh. You know, I, I, I caught it for a second. I was, in, I was interested. I'm not going to lie. I piqued my interest. But then I get, got him to Stanford. And I was like, no. <laughs> Abs absolutely not. I'm happy here in Jersey. Um, but, yeah, I, had, I, had this, I don't want to work in, like, a WWE because I don't want to – sometimes you don't want to see how sausage is made. Sometimes you just want to feign ignorance and just take a bite into it. So – I get yep. that. But Braintree, Massachusetts. What is what is it about Braintree? You know, I grew up in Braintree. I'm a fan of Braintree. That being said, I never want to live in Braintree ever again for the rest of my life. <laughs> you are so not a fan of Braintree. I am a fan. <laughs> no, I was I tell I tell people it was a great place to grow up, but I've been there, done that. I don't want to do it again. Okay, fair enough. I know you had um tough time at times. And you know, I went through tough times as well. I think we were both bullied at some point in our elementary school and junior high years, probably into high school. I know I was just through freshman year and then it was all over. Um, but it's just, I don't even know how to explain it. Like when you and Michael were talking about summit and him being a summit boy and never leaving, I was like, that's me and Braintree. I was like, this is going to come up in mine, isn't it? Um, so I don't have an answer prepared for you. It just, I think it's a certain level of comfort. Mm. And when I think about where would I want to move, like maybe no would, but then I'm like, but harder access to route three. And this is like, <laughs> it's kind of like the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. Easton, the one that I don't like Hanover Noel. Like, I'm like, I, this just works. <laughs> 
Well, Especially it, for work. Has, has it changed over the years? Because I, I go back, I drive around the neighborhoods, and it's like, most of it looks the same. You know, the house looks the same. Businesses come and go as businesses do. But I guess like mm. the demographics of brain should take my neighborhood, for example. Right, You got my house in the hill with my parents. But from when I was a kid, all the people who lived in that neighborhood, they're all gone. They're it all happens. gone. That, that happens, yeah. But I mean, uh, but it's kind of like the, the weird cycle, right? Because the people who moved in, were just like the people who left, young families with little kids, because the, the school was right there. Mm-hmm. So I guess the demographics of Braintree is kind of, is it very cyclic like that, or is it kind of, does it change? Well, it's interesting, because now I'm thinking back to my neighborhood growing up, and there were 35 houses in my neighborhood, mm-hmm. and I'd say a dozen of them, 12 to 15 of the families are still there. Like some of the kids like who are my age, or a little bit younger, or a little bit older may have moved out, but the parents are still there. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Um, and then here in my condo, in my building alone, so there's 12 units in my condo and four buildings. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's eight of us who like have been here like 12 plus years. And there's like the rest, the other four units there on the second or third owner since I bought, moved in 15, a little over 15 years ago. So yeah, some people stay and some people move. And it's funny because like, I'd say seven or eight of us, eight of the units have single people in them. Like we're all single, we're not married. <laughs> it's very interesting. The demographics of my building, it's kind of cool. I'm single, but I'm not alone up here. <laughs> um, so the Brace Rotary Club installed a peace pole at Town Hall next to French's Common in the fall. And they had the eight most populous languages on it. And it says, let, I think it's basically says, let there be peace on earth. And it's the English, obviously. And then the seven most populous languages at Braintree High School. Hmm. So I found that interesting because I was like, I don't even know what they all are. So I thought that was really cool because it speaks to like the diversity in Braintree. Yet, most of the places I go, it's people like me, white people. And I'm not going to dive too much into it, but I fully believe in DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'm a strong advocate for women and minorities and the LGBTQ plus community as I'm an ally. I've got family and friends who are in the community. Um, so it's important for diversity in my life, and I've always been open to it. So for me, like, I'm like, oh, there's seven languages. I don't even know what they are. I don't even know what three of them are. Never mind seven of them. So I think that's kind of cool that we have that melting pot, quote unquote. And we talk about this sometimes with our team here at um, my company. Like, where are people going? They're moving out of the city. Where are they going? They're coming to Braintree, Milton, Quincy, places along the red line that they can easily get into Boston. Because now they're getting priced out of Boston, so they need to go, like, North, south, or west, because east is the ocean, so no one's going east. But it's just very interesting to see where populations are moving. And when we're working with clients, like, where do you want to move your business? Or where does your church want to go? Well, if we can't find a place in Boston, let's go down 28 into Milton and Randolph. Because 28 goes right in and out of Boston. Let's go to Milton and Quincy. They're right next to Boston. They don't go north as much as they go south, but I don't know if that's just because we mostly do south shore and not as much north shore, or if that's just where their population is, their congregants, their their clients. So I think it's that north, type of weird thing. I think the north is also a little more expensive, right? Like Lexington and Concord are up there. Um, mm-hmm. That's very very expensive. Even if you go out Winchester, I mean, Winchester, even if you go out west, right towards like Springfield, Western Massachusetts, all that old money. It's even it's surprisingly very very expensive out there as well. Um, but the South Shore, I do live in the South Shore. I'm just touching on diversity. Uh, my, mm. high, my high school, you know, my, my experience growing up is very diverse, right? We had, a, we had a lot of Asian kids in our classes. We had a few Muslims. We had a few black kids in our class. But we also, in high school, we had the Metco program, which I tell us to people, I tell us people from like other, other cities or like other, other states, and I, what's the Metco program? It was, it was just a program where inner city kids would take, take the bus every morning and come to school in the suburbs. So Braintree High School had a lot of kids in the Metco program and some of the smartest, nicest kids in that high school. Um, so yeah, but Braintree always has been a diverse town. Obviously, you know, largely white, as most towns are in America. But 
still a very diverse town, great place to grow up, historically great. The Thayer House was always a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> did, you, did you do the fifth grade field trip to the Thayer House? Absolutely. I still want that butter man that we churned. <laughs> <laughs> I have never forgotten about that. <laughs> I'm definitely a foodie. I, I love the butter that we made naturally. And like, I'm like, can I go back and make more butter? Like I wanted to go on anyone's school field trip as a chaperone so I could make the butter. Make the butter, use like this, this the, the, the spinning, the cloth thing, the spinning, whatever. Like the loom or the, the sewing loom. machine. That's it. it was the loom, the loom. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I can always count on you. Yep. Um, <laughs> And the historical context, you know, you, you mentioned two presidents, John Adams, John Quincy Adams. Uh, their house is technically land in Quincy nowadays, but all of Quincy used to be Braintree. So fun fact. Yes. If anyone out there yes. doesn't know what Quincy is, it used to be all of Braintree. Because Braintree is probably one of the oldest, oldest towns in the country. Well, Virginia is older, but Braintree was like, what, 1680, 1630? 40. 1640? 1640. 1640. Okay. I believe in, oh my God, I'm going to be in so much trouble if I'm wrong. <laughs> Well, well, the Pilgrim landed in 1620. <laughs> someone, someone give it a quick Google and let, let us know what your branch was founded. Um, but you mentioned, also mentioned Rotary Club. Mm-hmm. What is Rotary Club? I've heard you talk about this a lot. I kind of know what it is, but I don't know what it is. So explain to me what Rotary Club is. Rotary is an international community service organization where we put service above self for both our communities and our greater community worldwide. So there are multiple, I should have done my research. I mean, to do this. there are multiple pillars in Rotary and what we focus on. For instance, youth, health, sanitation, and hygiene. We're working on eradicating polio. It's, we're 90, like 98 to 99% there. We have two countries left. And the Bill and Melinda Gates donation is matching all the donations two to one to help us finish eradicating it. Um. I know polio did pop up recently in New York, but, um, you know, we're still working it. We already know the next cause we're going to go after, which I don't 100% agree with. But you know what? I don't have to 100% agree with because as long as I 98% agree with it, it's good. But because uh, we all have our own prerogative and what we're looking to do. And I feel like I learned a lot and I get to meet a lot of people. So it initially started Paul Harris established the first Rotary Club in Chicago, Illinois. I'm not going to quote the year because I'm going to be off by the year, but it was originally comprised of businessmen. And back when my dad was president in 88, 89 or 89, 90, again, facts, um, fact check, I mean, he brought the first women into the Braintree Rotary Club as the president. Mm -hmm. And he was very sneaky. He Brought them in. So the Rotary year runs July 1st to June 30th. He brought them in in June. <laughs> and they came in as a group of five women. So there wasn't one single woman. Mm. And I think he sponsored almost all of them. But, you know, that's that goes to tell you who my dad is, too. Bringing in women to Rotary and being smart about it. Um, yeah, your, dad's, your dad's workaholic. Like your like your no, dad's no. involved in Rotary, right? He's involved in his business. He sells the real estate, and he's got three phones the size for like my leg. So three phones. What's yeah, yeah? He probably does have three phones. Yeah, I know one of them's like this big. One of them folds. Well, he had the very first car phone that I know of. Really? They had car phones way back, like way, like, way, way back when, oh, yeah. before you were born. Right. <laughs> yeah, I would sit in the car, and it was like. The size of a home phone, and it has a mic had the microphone attached like up on the driver's side uh-huh. next to the visor. So what's what's it like work with your dad? Good question. It's actually pretty good. I enjoy it because the good thing for me is we know each other well. Right. We know each other's quirks and stuff, and like you know, and I'm overwhelmed or whatnot. I can reach out and just be like, I'm in overwhelm mode. Where do I begin? Mm-hmm. And I don't even have to do that most of the time anymore because I'm like. Income producing activities and the most urgent and highest, um, you know, the most urgent, anything that needs to be done, like immediately, mm-hmm. like a closing tomorrow. Well, that's what we're focused on today is the closing. If someone calls and needs something for the closing, we're jumping. Right. Because the closing is the most important part of our business. Like, well, not yeah, the it's, most, well, it's real we estate. don't get no, it is. It is the most. It's real estate, right? You guys got to be closing. And you guys, you guys do commercial 
real estate. Yes. Now, why why do commercials opposed to residential? Because that's what Uncle Jay's been doing for thirty plus years. Well, why, why did he? Well, I should probably ask him then. Why did? Why? Well, what, best of your knowledge, why did he choose uh, commercial as opposed to residential? More money, uh, more opportunity, or it's just more more churn? No one else was really doing it. Interesting is what I think. That's what I think. Now, I I was in the office. I was that little office rat who would love to go to the office and be there and you know help make copies and use the typewriter that no one knows how to use these days, but. I think it's because no one was doing it. And he was just, he, the other thing is too, and this is what I like to tell people, like, do you want to work nights and weekends or do you want to work during the week? Like, right. what do you value most? Because most of the commercial stuff takes place, we'll say eight to six, eight to seven, Monday through Friday. Some on the weekends, very light. It's your choice. But most of the residential stuff, the showings, the open houses, nights and weekends. Now, I'm going to hear from 20 residential agents saying, but Ange, I do like 40 hours worth of work during the week or 30 hours. Like, I don't work every Saturday and Sunday. I don't expect you to. I really believe everybody having a day off. So, yeah, there's certain things you can do during the week. But how many of you have open houses at noon on a Tuesday that aren't for brokers only? <laughs> so we don't even do open houses. It's individual private showings, which was very interesting when the pandemic hit and people did those, oh, you're going to book your time slot to go right. through. I was like, oh, welcome to my world. And people are like, what? I'm like, yeah, except I don't have 40 people trying to see a house. I have like 20 people trying to see this property and it's spread out over time. So it's it was very interesting because I was like, you guys just got a glimpse into my world. But also, how do you manage 40 people who want to see the house? Right. As opposed to, oh, come in these two hour, this two hour time block open house and we'll do a couple of one-off, one-on-one appointments. Well, how is how has commercial real estate really, I guess, changed over the past few years in a post-COVID world, right? You know, and in inflationary mm -hmm. times, right? Um, are we are we into a recession? You know, at that point, it doesn't really matter. Um, how is all those factors play into a commercial real estate of even this like of a residential area? Because we know what's how, how it's hitting cities, right? Some cities are some cities are hitting like New York City's getting hit pretty tough. Now, all the people are coming to the suburbs. Are the are businesses also coming to the suburbs? And how's how's the market looking? Well, it's interesting because COVID has changed many aspects of our world in general, mm -hmm. real estate included. Uh, more people are working from home. I'm blessed with a two bedroom condo. Easy to turn my second bedroom into a little den slash office. It already was there anyways. Um, some people don't have that luxury. One of my friends out in California turned her closet into an office and she called it a clothis. Hmm. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like I was like enamored with it. I was like, if only I could live in that small, tiny closet. Um, but then there were people contacting us saying, you know, in July and August, I can't be working full time in my house while my kids are like upstairs, downstairs in the next room doing school. Right. I need a one-off office that I can go to three or four days a week. So we had that influx over that summer and fall of 2020 hmm. that we were dealing with. We don't do as much in downtown Boston. We're more of the suburb Boston, like Roslindale, West Roxbury, Dorchester. So we're not as affected as those people like at one financial place, for instance, or whatnot are on state street. We're not as affected because dad's whole business in the Braintree, Quincy, Weymouth, Rockland, Noel, Hanover area. Like that's where he started and really got to know all the properties. I think half of our properties are in Noel right now that we're leasing or selling. So it, well, not really, I'm exaggerating a third, let's say like, I feel like if I look at 10 properties, three of them are in Noel, <laughs> but um, it, it's a slower shift than in other areas because people just aren't sure where things are going to be in six months and 12 months and two years. Do they give up those big offices? Some of them want them because there's room to spread out. Some people can work virtually. Like for instance, there's certain professions where you could basically be like 95% virtual. For instance, real estate, you're a road warrior. You go to the property to show the property, to see the property. Um, so there's a difference there. Like 
as long as I have an internet connection, I can work. Right. There's a big. I can do some work on my phone, but as long as I have an internet connection on my laptop, I can do almost anything for work that I need or want to do. I mean, there's there's a big benefit to um, any industry, right? Being in person, right? Even my industry, right? Production, podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be great if you were in New Jersey and we could go to the studio in Montclair and record this in person. You know, it would be like me and my, like Michael and I did. That'd be great. But you're in Massachusetts and I'm in Hoboken. So luckily I can do this remotely. And the same thing with my nine to five job, right? We, we're a hybrid. We're Wednesday, Thursday in the office, which is great because it's a nice break because I'm not stuck in this office all day long. <laughs> and I'm not just like alone in this apartment by myself while Jazz is up, up at work or whatever. So I, li- I like the hybrid model because it gives me the best of both worlds. It's a nice break from this apartment. It's a nice break from my life. And I just kind of get to hang out with people, actual people in the office where I consider my friends and get some work done. It's really cool seeing everybody. But then again, I also love waking up at like 8.50 and then just kind of getting out of bed, putting some pants on and hopping in my office and turning my computer on right at 9 o'clock. So you're like my brother. You like to sleep in, don't you? I do. I well, I'm a night owl, right? I'm a total night owl. I I will get more work done between the hours of four and eight o'clock at PM than I will between nine and noon. My peak is nine thirty to twelve thirty and like four ish to six ish. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You have like you have these two or three hour windows where it's just like it's go time. And being remotely, it lets me kind of work those hours as I want. You know, as long as the job gets done. Right, as long as a job gets done, who cares when and how I do it? But like you said, with real estate, right? Real estate, you have to show mm-hmm. the place, right? Virtual tours right. are cool, but it's just you have to see it. Like when I had this apartment, when Jazz and I were looking at it, I pictured exactly where I'd put things, and that's exactly where I put them. So uh, you can't do that remotely. You can, you can't do it with a virtual tour. So that works too, but. With real estate, other, other than showing the place, what else do you really have to do in person, really? Other than to kind of meet the client, like 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 lunch meetings, do a lot of lunch meetings, coffee breaks, stuff like that. It's interesting you say that the client meeting because we have we have one client we meet with every month via Zoom. Mm-hmm. We do all of our prospect meetings via Zoom, almost all of our client meetings via Zoom, just showing properties in person, <clears throat> in per, other in person stuff. So we made a big shift when COVID hit. Um, we don't do as many coffees in person. They're now virtual coffees. Networking is now, there's more in person now than there was a year ago. And that's good because I, the one little piece I forgot is that I'm an outgoing extrovert. So I like to be around people. I get energized being around people. Mm-hmm. I can pull off a 10 or 11 hour day if I have a mix of quiet work and being around people. It's really kind of cool. Like you don't even think it's an 11 hour, 10 or 11 hour day. And I'm like, yep, I started at eight and it's like seven 30. I'm just like finishing up, just took my lunch break, you know, just worked. But, um, so I've actually been on zoom longer than pre COVID and my team went virtual probably in Q4 and we moved all of our team meetings to virtual via zoom. It's convenient. So if anybody's traveling, they can hop on wherever they are, they don't have to come to Braintree to the office, which we downsized our office. And then we just upsized it last year or a year and a half ago. Um, But the new business model kind of is do as much as you can virtually for efficiency. Like I can meet four people in a day in the course of a morning in two, two and a half hours. Whereas before it would take, I couldn't do four people in two and a half hours in the morning. I'd be lucky to get them all done in the morning. So it's definitely increased efficiency that way. I don't know if that answered the question. No, it's perfect. Because, you know, it is, it is efficiency, right? It's all about and We do lunch meetings once in a while. I mean, I don't do that many, but I am slowly bringing them back and trying to do one or two a month. Mm-hmm. You know, the biggest part of Some of those are lunches with friends, for instance. So, you know, a lot of friends want to do stuff during the week as opposed to the weekend. So I'm just shifting. I've started shifting my work, some of my work to the weekend that I can do quietly with you know, the bit, the busy behind work. the scenes, yeah, the busy work, the paperwork, as we like to say, the paperwork, right? the, the catch up, the, oh my God, my desk looks like a bomb went off. Let's the clean emails, up emails. We are, me and you and I are big emails on the weekends. Well, that's what I do a lot of my podcast stuff. Yeah. Monday, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep. Yep. And let's look at yeah. Let's, let's per, per transition right to the podcast. Talking Toastmasters. Angel Nuss, that, that is your podcast. Uh, you've yes, been sir. Going, you've been going at two years, which is incredible. Yep. Um, I knew you had it in you. 
you you do you do a great job. Um, your numbers are getting better, which is always impressive to see. Um, Thank you. You are very on top of it. A lot of people with podcasting quit about after only two months because they know how much work it is. But no, you stick. You stick with it. You know, you have constant guests. You have a process down. So, talk to me about. Let's start. Let's actually start with Toastmasters before we actually get into the podcast. Toastmasters, international organization. From what I understand is it's an organization kind of helped for public speaking more than, more than anything else. So, kind of give us give, give, fill in the blanks there. What what Toastmasters is as an organization and how and how you got involved. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Toastmasters is an international nonprofit organization helping people become better communicators and leaders. Mm. That's my version of what the whole official thing is. You can go to toastmasters.org to get the official thing, but that's essentially what it boils down to. Public speaking, stage fright, people who might need to make presentations for work. One of my neighbors growing up, she joined. She used to be a very fast talker and she has slowed her rate of speed down considerably and is way better and it's funny because we were riffing the other night just chatting riffing um during our meeting at our break and i was like i said something and she's like i talked slow didn't i i was like yeah but if even if you talked fast i've known we've known each other since we were five i'm like even if you talk fast i will still understand you because i've known you that long (laughs) but um you make friends, you get to meet colleagues, there's corporate clubs, there's, most of them are public or community clubs, there's some at colleges and universities, there's advanced clubs for those who've been in Toastmasters a little bit longer and have made their way through the program. There's also clubs for leadership, those are even more rare, like leaders of districts and stuff, people who've held various leadership roles. It's an advanced club, kind of but for those who are leaders, then there's specialty clubs. So for instance, I don't even know, I've read about some of them, like they're starting a Mandarin club. I want to say an English Mandarin club here in the greater Boston area. Um, Some of the international clubs have both English and the native language and they, some alternate, like one meeting will be all in the native language, one will be all in the, all in English. And then the others might be a mix. So it's very interesting. I haven't visited any international clubs. A couple of my friends have, one of whom is actually fluent in Spanish. So it was very exciting for her to see. And hopefully she'll be on my podcast to talk about that eventually. Um, Yes. (laughs) She's going to fill out the form and we just schedule it. But she's like, I definitely want to be on. So that's good. Yeah. Um, I, we have an international convention every year. I go to those. I went to one of those in person. Sorry. We have, District 31, Toastmasters at district31.org, uh, serving east most of Massachusetts, the eastern, as opposed to the westernmost. Um, in all of Rhode Island, we have our annual in-person, virtual, hybrid, whatever you want to call it now, conference. It is hybrid. We do have a day in person. Uh, that is hybrid a little bit, but parts of it. The networking's not as hybrid, obviously, when you're in person and doing photo booths and whatnot, but it is a lot of fun. I've made a lot of friends. I got a colleague, a work colleague out of it. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that at all, but that's awesome. Um, and they actually sponsor, they're one of my few sponsors of my podcast at the moment, and I'm working on getting more sponsors by uh, one of my friends is a social media guru and he uh, gave me some tips, which, as you know, I followed up with you and we uh, compiled the list of facts about the podcast and uh, some numbers and whatnot. And so I'm just working on that next. I uh, was a little sidetracked last year because I spent four months over the summer studying for my real estate broker's license, which you start as a salesperson. And then once you've been in the industry working for three years, at least 25 hours a week, you're then eligible to go for your broker's license. And you know me, I just go for it. <laughs> and that's the highest you can go. So um, I did that. And then two weeks later, as you know, I got COVID. So I got a little, had a few setbacks last year, but I I think I'm doing a pretty good job of getting back on track and where I expected to be two or three months ago, I am now. So I'm feeling pretty confident in my systems and doing what I want to be doing. And all these little behind the scenes things that I really wanted to get done in the fall and winter, but didn't quite get all them 
done in the fall. Well, the most the most important thing with any podcast I tell anybody is consistency. Right? As long hmm. as as long as you are consistent, as long as you hit your deadlines, you know it's okay to falter every now and then. But especially yours, yours is a monthly podcast. You do not want to miss a month because people will just drop off. Right? People are expecting an, an episode, and they don't get it. You know, they're gonna forget about it, and they're gonna fill something else for the fill that time. Like mine's weekly. Um, plus a bunch of other content I have. So if I miss a week, it's not the end of the world because I have so much goddamn content out there. It can mm-hmm. fill, it can fill the void. Um, oh, <laughs> you have a lot of content yeah. out there, kid. <laughs> but you, you, you always hit your deadlines. You know, you never miss a month. So that's very, very important. Whose whose idea was the podcast? Was it you? You came to me, or did I go to you? Well, here's the funny thing. I'll answer that in a second, but. Last summer, I was going to skip a month, and you're like, oh, no, you're not. And I was like, <laughs> I'm studying, man. <laughs> this is a little more important. Nope, you're not skipping a month. And I think that was like, I was on the cusp of the, my 25th episode, and yep. I was like, oh, that makes sense. I'm so close to 25, and that's Sign like a number. Good producer right here. I'll put myself on the back for that one. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. So what happened was I started in Pathways back in the summer of 2020. Mm-hmm. I finished the old educational program, which we won't talk about. And I, since I got my distinguished Toastmaster award, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go through and order level one, two, three, but let's find an elective that I can work on for work. So I went through, came up with like five or six electives, ran them my dad. And he goes, podcast. Did you know William has a podcasting company? And I was like, well, I know he hosts a podcast. And then I reached out to you and the rest is history. No. Oh. There we go. Good old Uncle Jay always looking out for me. So what's well, um, what's the best part? What's the most rewarding part about your podcast? And yeah, from your experience, right? Someone who had no experience in it, you know, you didn't. Did you listen to podcasts here and there beforehand, or is something just brand new hopped right into it from scratch? Here and there, I originally wanted to do a blog, like mm-hmm. in the back of my mind for like a decade. I want to write a blog. I want to write a blog, and then I'm like, you know, podcasts would be better because I can talk to people and be interactive. Audio blog, yeah. So, I think one of the best parts for me is interacting with people and getting to know them, learning their experiences. And there are a couple of people who I didn't know. And I was like, in real life, we'd be friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, let's stay in touch. Or they're like, hey, we need to be friends and stay in touch. So that's pretty cool. I remember finishing up with one woman and I was like, I think this was one of my best interviews ever. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, because she asked some great questions of me. Like, it was really it was just really good. <laughs> it was just like, wow. Not that any of them are any better than the others. You know, I don't you can, play you favorites. Sometimes when, you, sometimes when you stop hitting record and you kind of just sit back, you, can, you, know, you know the good ones. You know the bad yeah. ones. But you also, you, you definitely know the good ones. And sometimes what you think is bad gets released and turns out to be really good. So sometimes the ones you think are bad are actually the better ones. So, you know. Yeah, it's interesting because of the numbers. Like we keep track. I'm a numbers person. If anybody hasn't figured that out yet, I'm a numbers person and a huge goal person. So like the 25th episode was a big one for me and hitting numbers and stuff. And when you ever gave me the numbers and I was like, Sean's episode is like one of the top three pretty consistently whenever you give me a number. And I yeah. was like, well, he was the first one, but then the rest of my top five are scattered. Yeah, they're all scattered. It's weird. Sometimes... Also, numbers, people tell me about numbers all the time. It's very difficult to get accurate numbers about podcasting. So, like, that's just based off what I have. It could be mm-hmm. more. You know, it's it's just, it's hard to tell because it's on so many platforms. It has to aggregate through all these different platforms. Plus, I took the feed and issued it to some other platforms that weren't available through, through Anchor. Um, mm-hmm. So, it's on more platforms. I just don't have access to those numbers. So, it probably is more. There's just no way for me to actually know and no way for me to actually know if these numbers are 100% accurate. So Okay, so I can just add plus to all of them. Yeah. Plus, 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 plus how many? I don't know. I would say probably add your average, right? Whatever your average is, it's, it could be plus or minus that average. Right? Actually, no, it won't be minus. It'll probably be plus because it's, it's available <laughs> more places. But, you know, the big ones are there. Apple, iTunes, um, Apple and iTunes the same thing. Spotify. Google, Amazon, you know, those are the, the big platforms. You want to make sure you're there, which you are. And um, I would say those numbers are accurate. So, yes. Yeah. Spotify gave me some numbers last year at the end in December. I oh, was, the wrapped. Said, yeah. The oh, wrapped, my God. That was amazing. Was I was like, cool. oh. <laughs> so now when people ask, I'm like, 
wherever you listen to podcasts, including, but not limited to this, this, and Spotify. Yeah, the goal. The goal <laughs> I always put Spotify in. Well, the goal should be like, right? Because like, how do you listen to podcasts? What platform do you use? Me? Yeah, you. Personally? Yeah, if, if you listen to a podcast, what platform do you go to? I kind of actually go to wherever the podcast is. Like, if someone has a platform, like for yours, I like to watch them mm-hmm. and listen, you know, go back and forth. So I go to YouTube and get your playlist. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. See the, I'm see not the- like registered on any of the other of the platforms or whatever. So I could listen to one on Spotify or, or just go to someone's and wherever it's hosted, that's where I am. Cause I've listened to four or five other podcasts before I even started podcasting. And I probably have about a dozen or so, maybe 15 in my podcast saved folder. So you go to wherever you find it first. Yeah. So like like, Google, usually it's probably their website then. Yeah, like their website. website like I know. Okay, interesting. So you're, so you're yeah. the first person to ever tell me that because, and I mentioned this, I mentioned this to everybody because people listen to podcasts differently, right? I listen mm-hmm. to all of my podcasts on Stitcher because I have Android. It's an Android app and I like the way it's organized. I can download things. Like I just like, I just like how I, it's user, very user-friendly to what I like, right? Most people, iTunes or Spotify, normal. Um, other mm-hmm. people, you know, one guy used Google. I said, okay, cool. You're that one person who uses Google Podcasts. Congratulations. You prefer the website or you prefer YouTube. So that's very fascinating. I did not know that, but I'm glad I know I'm glad I know someone actually looks out looks up yes. the websites. Because me, from it's like I get why people put it on the website, but it's like for me, I'm never gonna sit on your, your website where that you is and watch your podcast. I'll find it where I find it. Well, you want to hear something else? Please. I like to listen from the very first episode. Oh, so when you find one, you start back at the beginning? Yep. I'm Ooh. a little weird like that. Oh, no, I get that. I did see during COVID, I did that with the Lord of the Rings YouTube channel. Shout out uh, Men of the West. They're a phenomenal YouTube channel. This Lord of the Rings history and lore channel. And like, I listened to a few, I watched a few of his videos. And I was like, I, I got to go back to the beginning. I won't do that <laughs> for podcasts typically. Unless, like, unless they're a narrative based. A lot of the podcasts I listen to are topical. But if they're narrative based and I can go, can I go back to the beginning or they're just like on a science or whatever, you know, I can go back to the beginning, but that's sometimes it's hard because sometimes they have years and years and years of catalogs. Like me, my catalog was well, a year. 2021 is the first talking with Harish episode. So I'm glad you yeah, like you it. You're what? 50 something. This is, you're going to be 53. Oh God. So yeah, I, uh, I think I've listened to a, about 15 or 16 of yours. I know my cousin Michael was 19. I did skip around a little bit. That's fine. Yeah. Admit, well, so. that's, that's, that's the point, right? My podcast is designed yeah. to skip around a little bit. That's but why. you know what? I'm loving it because you're like bringing me into your world. And so I'm learning more about you. Like you've interviewed a couple of your former colleagues. Uh, Luke, who does, you guys gave me a shout out on Luke's because yep. uh, he does the editing for my podcast. Um, you know, I'm sure there's going to be other people Mr. Fetz, I think it was. Mr. Fretz, yeah, Canadian. Fretz. Yes, that was hilarious. Because uh, you're like, he's like, how'd you think I was a science teacher? I don't know, the <laughs> name Mr. Fretz. We, we were live, we were live. The name Fretz came up, and I was like, sounds like a science teacher. Yeah. I don't know, maybe I was watching Breaking Bad, I don't know. Yeah, no, like, I don't know. It sounds science-y a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Frets, James, yeah. James Frets. It's very interesting. And I'm playing with my hair <laughs> again. But actually one of my friends who is a runner and she does these long distance things. She actually was on my podcast. Shout out to Shannon. One of my first guests, one of my early guests. Um, she, uh, she said, Oh, I downloaded a couple of your episodes to listen to while I'm running. And I'm like, you what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to download a podcast episode to my phone. I'm like, that's something else to figure out later. But I thought that was interesting. I'm like, so she downloaded it, probably listened to like three or four episodes and probably played them over and over because she was just running. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, that's interesting. Maybe that's why she has so many lessons. I'm kidding. Do you, do you hear a lot about people in real life, like mentioning you, like Toastmasters, right? You go to a meeting from Toastmasters or something. Do, do, they, do they bring it up? Mm, not usually. Here and there, because that's, that's a weird thing, right? Because I make a lot of posts on LinkedIn because it's yeah. not due and it's annoying. But a lot of a lot of a lot of people who I would not think are like looking at them or watch them go up to me and like in real life and go, "Hey, man, you know, 
pat on the back or whatever. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice job, right? That's that's weird. That's that's still a little weird to me. Like people just telling me about the podcast in real life. It's it's awkward. It's very awkward. People tell me they like the podcast. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's just a weird huh. a weird will thing. Like someone tell me like um, they listen to it, they enjoy it. And back when my comments like why. <laughs> Well, I know some of my friends, especially the ones who've been on, have listened to several of my podcasts or most of my episodes. Mm. Like some of my early friends, they were like, yeah, I'm listening to all of them. And I don't know if they dropped off or whatnot, but that was helpful. And it was right really nice to know that at least they were listening. Yeah. You know, I know your mom said she listens to all your podcasts. And I was like, does she listen to all of mine? I forgot to ask her. But I think she had said she was going to listen to mine. So... That's cool. It's cool when uh, family members are like, hey, I listened to a couple episodes of your podcast. Like, mm-hmm. thanks for the support. I appreciate it. Well, that's why I have the friends and family playlist, right? It's a playlist designed for them, right? Like, yeah. my, 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 my mom will listen to it because she's my mother, right? But, like, uh, Cousin Michael won't listen to things he's not interested in, right? Like, Cousin Michael probably won't care about Mr. Fretz, right? But Cousin Michael right. won't care about Angela. So yes. if he can, if, if he wants, he can subscribe to the friends and family playlist where I talk to people who are close to me in real life. That's what it's designed for. Right. So, Cause I talked to a bunch of different people. So I got to keep it organized. Are you going to get your brother on one day? Do you think, do you think your brother would ever go on? No, probably not. How about uh, Meg, his wife? You know what? Probably. That's a good I question. I bet she would. I will, well, depending on what she could talk about. Cause for her, I would, I would want to talk about the VA. Because she works for the VA and social work and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think last well, I guess uh, last week I had um, a former mil- a former veteran on. I guess a current veteran. Um, oh yeah, I saw some of the highlights. Yeah, well, no, another one, different one. He kind of he airs. Oh, different one. one. He airs on the twenty second. So I'm talking like never mind. It was someone else I heard. So Sorry. When this is released, <laughs> it will be last week. But as recorded, he's talking to today. It'll be two days from now. So <laughs> okay, a man by the name of Travis. Um, okay. He worked. He worked for the VA. He worked. Um, former Marine. He worked in like not for profits. He has some experience with the VA, but he has a podcast where he speaks to veterans. You know, it's it's a veteran podcast where they can kind of speak in a safe place and you know help each other out, the brotherhood, all that kind of fun stuff. Talk to family members, stuff like that. So him, he got me thinking about the VA, and I was like, damn, I should probably talk to Meg about the VA because I'm sure she has some crazy stories, you know, the ups and downs, pros and cons, bureaucracy, all that fun stuff. Yeah. So that would be an interesting conversation. But yeah, like other friends and family. Um, Kind of come as they go, you know. Uncle Paul and Aunt Cindy talked talked about it because you know what happened with cousin Polly. Um, mm-hmm. So I think they. Would oh, want, they were on. No, I think they oh, would, they would want to. I know Aunt Cindy did a podcast um, or media. What happened? What happened to Paul? So I think we've talked about it. I don't know if we're gonna do it or when we would do it, but that's something. When the time's right. Open. Yeah, so, you know, if they're ready, I'm ready. That kind of thing. Yeah, so, when the time's right. Yeah. You just never know. I mean, like dad says, timing is everything. Yeah. <laughs> so well, when the time is right. Other other than that, you know, it's just kind of, if it happens, it happens. If it comes naturally, it comes naturally. Like Michael texted me out of nowhere. I was like, hey, Michael, I have an idea. Right. That's that's how that happened. Um, mm-hmm. Christopher was just like, I texted him. I was like, hey, Christopher, I got this. I got this show. I got a great idea for you. Right. I think you'd be good at this. And I'm going to bring him back. So that just kind of happened. And the rest will just, you know, fall as they may. But speaking of your dad. Nice. Speaking of yes. dad, I think we can wrap up on this. Um, Jano's Realty. Once he retires, then what happens? What happens with the business? You're looking at her. So what's what's your plan? I'm going to sail off into the sun. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Honestly, Angela, if you just sold it and retired, I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> no, 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 we're not going to do that. Dad built a little legacy there for me, and I don't know who else is going to come up in the family with me. Uh-huh. Uh, got a little ways. I don't even know if anybody in you know, the next generation. Um, no, I'm, I'm in it for at least another 10 or 15 years. Um, I plan to travel a lot, meaning finish exploring all 50 States. I've got like 18 or 19 of them done. So, um, I'm expecting and hoping that I'll still have a team. There'll be three or four of us at least maybe five at times, maybe four times, who knows, but three or four of us so that I can, go on some vacations and travel and, you know, as long as I have the laptop, I can work. And if someone needs me on the phone, you know, that type of thing. But I do need a little break once in a while. And when I'm in Disney, I'm in Disney mode. 
uh-huh. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I didn't do anything work related when I was in Disney last year. It was only three days we were in Disney. So I was like, nope, we're shutting it off. Um, but yeah, it's me. It's that's one of the reasons I got my broker's license to keep the company going and to build the business some more and grow it. And, you know, ever since dad took on the team, he's kind of been a one man show for a long time and maybe with one other associate. Now he's got a team of six. Will it be the same six, three years from now? I don't know. I'm expecting at least half of us will still be here, but, and what is it going to look like in 10 years? Will it still be the same people? I don't know. But uh, like dad said, I'm a planner. He's like, you can't really plan like 10 years and 20 years out as to who's going to be there and what the business is going to look like. But you can plan, but don't expect it to go according to plan. I was like, so I need like seven or eight plans. He's like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you know, he didn't really say that, but yeah, that's the future. Um, commercial real estate, number one. Very exciting. So I'm, I'm excited. Yes. I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see CEO Angela. Um, oh God. C- CEOA. It's gonna be interesting. But I lied. Uh, actually, two more things before we go. One, do you have any stories of me? as a kid oh my god embarrassing or otherwise it could be anything that comes to mind whether it's your big fur coats half the paycheck beer any any funny relatable stories something i might not remember preferably but anything anything you got give me some some story time well the first two that came to mind were the fur coat the fur coat i don't know what made me think of the fur coat i I forgot the fur coat until just eight seconds ago so no that's been in my mind because i'm like you loved fur coats i have no idea why i did i did did like wearing fur coats at eight, eight eight years old yes and the funny thing was i got someone gave me a Faux fur coat as a gift. We're not saying who or whatnot. And I did eventually sell it to someone else who really was excited for it. <laughs> um, all of a sudden, they feel this body against me. And I'm like, who, what? And I look down and it's you. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm in love with this coat. I'm like, okay. He's like, you're stuck with me for the rest of the day. <laughs> like, as long as you're wearing this coat and you're stuck with me. And then the root beer. You and I love root beer. We do love root beer. And- it is the bane of my existence. It's my Achilles heel. It's my favorite thing in the world. Oh my God. I love root beer. If if I could only drink one soda for the rest of my life, it's root beer. It's root beer. But I think it was one Christmas Eve, because we always do Christmas Eve at my parents. Yep. And I was like, Well, do you want some root beer? And you're like, I'm an AA for that. And I'm like, What? <laughs> <laughs> That might be something I set top of my head. You know, I like to, I to speak without thinking sometimes. That's yeah. been a spontaneous, it just popped out my mouth, and that's what I went with. It was so funny. But you know what one of my favorite memories is? Because you guys were talking memories on that podcast with mm-hmm. Cousin Michael. Backyard wiffle ball down the Cape. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was it? What were the teams? It was me and Dad versus you and my brother. Okay, yep. So you and Uncle Rich versus me and Cousin Rich. Yeah. And um, the grand finale. <laughs> it was a tie. <laughs> I think that was like the best way to end it. Your dad still won't let me forget that I robbed him of a walk-off home run. I remember that. I won't let you think that either. I yeah, and I was injured. It was right after a car accident. Not long after a car accident. So it was I, like, re- I, I remember that too. That. I, remember, I remember Nana was in the back seat. I was sitting with Nana. And no, you, not it was yeah, in the front seat with me. No, it was in the front seat? And you boys were in the back. That's probably right. That sounds right. We were going mini golf. I don't want to end on this low note. We uh, were going we're mini golfing and we never went. Yeah. <laughs> we never made it. Oh, you know what? Your brother would appreciate this one. Okay. There was one weekend, one time we were down there. Uno. I oh, yeah. I think kicked our, our butts 25 to like five. I think your brother and I maybe won five games. And I remember he walked away after a while and I was like, you left me all alone. He's like, I'm done. I hate losing to him. It's too much. <laughs> Which is good to hear because he beats me at everything. TT beat me at absolutely everything. You were just on a tear that day. I, it I was got, like, look at the cards, man. Look at the cards. Uno has Uno has no favorites. Yeah, it was just, that was funny. Very funny. Well, one of my, uh, it was funny, Jack, over dinner the other night, Jazz and I were talking about some of our earliest memories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking of this podcast, one of my earliest memories with you, I don't know how old I was, 
but it was you, me, and some of your friends from college went to see the went to Fenway, and we sat in center field to see the Red Sox play the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Okay. Do you? I said I figured. I figured you don't remember this. It was. No. It was just some of you. It was just you and some of your friends. You, it might have been. You might. You might have been. Uh, Dana that do with the goatee. Might have been him. Ben. No God. Ben. Um, no. Oh, that's my friend Ben. Friend Ben. Okay. My friend Ben from high school. So it might. It might have been. And I remember it was. It was a big guy and like two girls. Whatever. We were singing center field. Oh, it may have been Missy and Mark and Ben and someone else. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, because Mark Missy's brother Mark is a huge baseball fan like you guys. But I, I just remember telling somebody, all I want to see is a grand slam. And I don't know when in the game. I could they could have been lying to me for all I know. But someone hit a home run and they told me it was a grand slam and I lost my mind. And oh my god. The secret is the secret of the story is that player who hit the ball was a Red Sox player. So for that brief moment. Someone in your friend group, or you, you yourself, tricked me into rooting for the Red Sox. <laughs> so I will, I will, I will put the cherry on top of this podcast with saying, "I said, yeah, diehard Yankee fan, you tricked a child to be a be a Red Sox fan." I may not have tricked anybody. It may Someone have actually did. happened. Someone did. Well, it may have been a Red Sox player that hit the grand well, slam. It, it, it was, it was a Red Sox player because the whole crowd went nuts. I remember that. Okay. Um, but I don't know if it was a grand slam or not because they could have been pulling my leg because I was like five. Um, yeah. No, grand slams, I think we go a little more nuts for than like a one or two run homer. Well, I don't know. They destroyed the the, the, the Rays because they were really bad back then. They were really bad okay. back then. But it's okay. The I don't are, remember when this the Red, was. <laughs> the Red Sox are bad now, so that's all that really matters. Okay. Good. Well, I'm glad you cheered for the Red Sox for a moment in time. For a brief <laughs> moment in time. Only happened once. Never going to happen again. But Angela, we've been talking for a little over an hour right now, if you can believe that already. It goes by fast. Time flies when you're having fun. Well, you've been listening to these episodes. You had to know this was coming. The final yes. question of the Talk My Tash podcast always goes to the guests. So let me hear it. What do you got? Oh, Lord. You can always plead the fifth. I don't know how to do that. Um, I don't even have one prepared. This is crazy. I do the same thing on my show, too. I don't leave it for the end, though. So I never know what people are going to ask me, but I seem to get the same questions that, on repeat. That might have been where I got the inspiration, ask Angela anything. And I was like, well, that's, that's a good one. So I, yeah. I, I, st I stuck it on the end. The, the final question okay. always goes to the guest. Yeah, I know. I've been hearing that. So um, what's the dream with, like, APS and... Obviously, we already know you want to get married and have kids. Yep. But what's the dream with like APS, maybe? Or, well, yeah, dream with APS. APS. My, my goal is to podcast forever, right? I want to sit in this chair or a chair, talk behind a microphone, create content for the rest of my life. Like, that's that's my plan. As for APS, how I do that, you know, I have a few clients where um, they do pay me to be on the podcast. So, like, in a few weeks, Chris Engelbert's coming back on the podcast. Um, we're talking about police retirement. He wrote a book. Right here, and it's a little pamphlet book thing. So we're gonna talk. Cool. We're gonna talk about his book. Um, you know, it's a podcast specifically for him. So it's not gonna be talking with Tarashek branding. So like on the, I can see up on the bottom here. This talking with Tarashek is gonna be his logo. Um, I'm gonna get rid of this face of me. Um, it's gonna be. I'm hosting a podcast specifically for him. That's also gonna be released on the talking with Tarashek feeds as well as given to him. So my goal is just to make money through podcast and like that where I can host someone's podcast um, or make money through editing or, you know, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. through APS, you know, I'm the founder of the company. Our goal as a company is to turn a profit, obviously, through our app, which is just about finished and um, looking for investors. So we're going to keep building that. You know, Jared has a few leads. He has been really doing well these past few months, which is finally um, so a lot of, a lot of good things there. And the goal is to, once it goes public, sell it, gone, done. Don't want it anymore. Really? I want nothing to do with a public company. Absolutely not. Um, because ambiguous podcast solutions is actually made up of five companies. So other than ambiguous podcast solutions, I own Willie T productions, um, which is a, a sole proprietorship LLC 
once I'm done with that, I'll focus on Realty Productions and just continue to do what I'm doing with partnerships and contracts through APS as a public company. But I don't want anything to do with a public company because okay. I don't want to answer to shareholders. I want to answer to myself. So Fair enough. That's the goal. That's the goal. How we get there. If we get there, fuck, I don't know. We'll see. So <laughs> Okay. One one step at a time, one podcast at a time, one dollar at a time. That is There you go. I think very much in the now. Like you you want to plan for 15, 20 years in the head. I want to plan fifteen hours, fifteen days ahead. Right? Okay. That's pretty much all I can, that's pretty much all I can do. So right. that's my plan. Awesome. All right. Great plan. Well, Angela, thank you very much for being on this podcast, my cousin and my godmother. Um, anywhere people can find you, your podcast, real estate, how people want to get in touch with you, anything you want to say, the floor is yours. Sure. Let's see. The podcast is called Talking Toastmasters. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts, including in Biggest Podcast Solutions <laughs> and Spotify. Um, we're also on Facebook and LinkedIn. I encourage you to follow along because I announce all my episodes on Facebook and I do a bunch of different posts on both Facebook and LinkedIn. As for commercial real estate and anything real estate related in Massachusetts, you can reach out to me at uh, Angela at janeostrealtygroup.com. You can visit our website, contact us that way, janeostrealtygroup.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. So linkedin.com slash in slash Angela Nuss. I'm on Facebook. Uh, I think it's Angela Nuss 620. You'll see my face. Uh, and then you can find me pretty much anywhere. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, and TikTok. TikTok is the fun one though. I do not talk real estate on TikTok. That is now that Facebook's been invaded, my social life is no longer <laughs> social. That's the one bad thing about Facebook for me. Cause I liked having that whole social thing to myself. So yeah. And you can also find me, let's see where else, anywhere else. I don't know. I think that's it. I think that covers it. I think that covers it. I, I don't think you need to find me in 14 different places. I think five or six is enough. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this and I will be back. I know once a quarter. Once a quarter. Know. Yep. You know, probably not that works. frequently, but you know, a couple times a year, maybe. All right. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much to Angela, uh, my favorite godmother. Um, this has been another episode of Talking with Tarashik. My name is Will Tarashik. T S and Thomas A R A S H U K. If you like this podcast, and want to find out more, all my shenanigans are in the description down below. We are on YouTube. We are on Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, also on TikTok, Instagram Reels, all that fun stuff. If you want to help donate to the show, um, the ambiguous podcast solutions, GoFundMe is also down below. Um, some of those funds hopefully will be go towards nonprofits so we can help them start a podcast of their own for free as long as the money is in the account. So help us out, help a brother out, help my dreams come true ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com or the GoFundMe to show us some funds. Um, I'll be back next week speaking with, I believe, an author. No, next week is Chris Engelbert. So he'll be back. He'll be on the Friends and Family feed as well because any returning guests become friends and they immediately become family. But until then, I'll see you there. You all take care.